Hey, how y'all doing? Back again, another episode of The It Factor. As always, I'm your host, Jeremy Robinson, and today we have someone special. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, y'all. I'm Aaliyah Armstrong, and I'm a track and field athlete at LSU, 100-meter hurdler. Yes, indeed. So with that, man, how are you doing mentally, physically, emotionally? How are you doing today? I'm good. Um, mentally, I'm on a great, I'm on a great page. Um, just finished my season, and it was well. Emotionally, still doing a very, like doing very well. I'm just kind of focused on myself right now and just like things outside of the track. Mm-hmm. And physically, I'm great. I'm resting, so I'm good. That's all right. Yeah, every time you're resting, that definitely is laid back. That's all right. right. Yeah, so definitely. So with that, I will say, um, how what went into you, uh, wanting to commit to LSU, and also what. What got you into track, like, at an early age? Let's do that first, and then we can come back to committing. Okay. Uh, so what got me into track originally was um, all my life I was a soccer player. So, like, from six years old to 18, I, I played soccer. So um, everyone knew I was just fast. So my mom, she ran track in college and high school. And so she was, like, supposed to be an Olympian as well. So – she was just like, you want to try track? And I was like, sure. Like, why not? Because I always looked up to my sister because she ran track. So I tried it in, like, elementary and middle school. And I was fast. But, like, I wasn't really taking it serious because of soccer. And so um, then I really got serious when we moved to New Orleans when I was 15. And um, I just tried out for the track team. And I did very well when I was a freshman. And then I transferred a lot of schools. And I ended up at a school by the name of City Captain Drexel. And that's when I started my track career, like, officially. And I was doing, like, soccer in the fall and then track in the spring. And so um, one day at practice, I just jumped over a trash can. And I was like, I'm always goofy. Like, I never take anything serious. So I was just messing around. And I jumped over a trash can acting like I was hurtling. And my mom, she seen it from across the track and she was like, whoa, that looked pretty good. Hold on. And so I was like, I was like, okay. She was like, do that again. And so I did it again. And she was like, you want to try hurdling? And I was like, sure. And this was my junior year in high school. So I was like, I guess, like, why not? And so from there, it literally just took off. Like I I made it to the junior Olympics. I won state. Like it was just crazy. It was just like naturally, it just naturally happened. And it all came from a joke. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That's crazy. You didn't jump at the trash can. You're like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. You can run trash, but you, you got to jump hurdles now. <laughs> that looks too good. <laughs> <laughs> so from that, from that being in your junior year in high school, uh, how did that trajectory make you want to go to LSU? Like, how did that committing process go and things like that? Yeah, okay. So um, LSU was the first school to recruit me. Coach Shaver, he did a home visit with my other coach, Coach Ards, and they came to New Orleans to come see me, which is not a long trip. But they came to my house and they sat down and they were like, we don't need very many hurdlers because we got a lot, but we want you. And I was like, oh, like this kind of sparked my interest. And so um, he just seen something special in me from early on. And from the home visit, I was really interested in LSU because it's been my dream school since I was young. And so I was like, okay. And then from there, like, when I broke the national record at Junior Olympics, um, I got a whole bunch of offers. LSU was first, and then Oregon came along, and TCU, Texas A&M, just, like, really the big, like, the big schools. And I took five visits, and I took LSU, uh, Texas A&M, U of H, um, Oregon, 
and TCU. Those are my five visits. And I took all of those and LSU was my first one. And as soon as I met the team, because that's the t that's the year Shakira was there and um Tania and all like the the superstars of the the generation now, they were all there and they just literally like grabbed my heart instantly because Shakira's personality was out of this world. And Aaliyah Haas was there too. She was my host. And she was there and they just all like gave this energy of just home. Like it just felt like everybody was a family. And from then on, like it was my first visit and I went to the other visits, but it never felt as homey as LSU. And of course I was close to home being in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, you know what? I think LSU is going to be my pick just because this coach believes in me to the fullest. And he told me since day one, I'm going to take you to world stages. I'm going to make you a national champion. And he did everything he said and I knew he would. So like, that was just something that stuck with me through all my visits. And I couldn't stop thinking about LSU on every visit. It was just like, always like, dang, man, I want to go back. Like I'm ready to sign, you know? And so I respected every other visit. I have fun. They have a beautiful campus and amazing staff and coaches, but LSU just had my heart. So I had to follow it. Yeah, you. LSU was at home because they had all them great people. Now you dead, you great. So like, it's yeah. just, just a domino effect. Like, hey, I might as well. Mm -hmm. That's dope. Uh, I'm glad I was able to capture that because I, when I was writing questions, I was like, I got to make sure this is home and genuine. And I asked that question because I follow track because of my best friend. Um, and he always like, bro, I love these athletes. You know, check them out. Check them out. And once I seen your your highlights, things of that nature, I was just like, Aaliyah got it. Like, that's amazing. Like, that's dope. So definitely seeing you name it with uh, Shakari and people like that, man, definitely I could see you there. So with that being said, uh, how was it running, you know, and uh, also making your move and being selected uh, to run Team USA? How was that? Oh, my gosh. That that moment that I crossed the finish line and I looked to the left, I said, what? Well, because I was in lane eight. So I looked to the left and I said, no way I just finished third place. Like, I could not believe it. I really couldn't because the whole time I was in Eugene, I was like, I'm going to make this team. I'm going to make this team. My mom prayed. We had sticky notes all over the mirror saying I will be on Team USA. And my mom said her only birthday wish, because her birthday is June 21st. Mm -hmm. And she was like, my only birthday wish is for one, you to win nationals. And two, right after nationals, I want you to make that USA team because I know you can. Mm -hmm. And ever since I crossed that line, I, I literally stopped and I paused and I was like, okay, let's see the third place because I don't know yet. It's not finalized. But when I see my name pop up on that board, all I could do was just thank God. Like I started running and I started screaming and I just couldn't believe it. Like the emotions were just ridiculous. It was like, it's a moment that I can never get back, but the, it was just like so crazy. I would pay to relive that moment, but it was just awesome. And then when we got to Worlds, of course it was back in Eugene, like in the America for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. um, I just, we were, Team USA had their own hotel. So I just got to like, for two weeks live around greatness and I know like you know I, I was able to be a part of it but like just to see these athletes that I always looked up to when I was a kid and like oh my gosh like mom look on look who's on tv it's Sidney McLaughlin or it's Allison Felix and I'm on a team with them now like that is that just is mind-blowing like Kenny Harrison is someone who I studied growing up trying to hurdle and trying to learn things from her and the fact that she was my teammate was just like crazy. But just going there, I really grabbed a lot from them and I really learned a lot from them. They just taught me how to live better, how to take better care of your body, how to get sleep. Like nobody was in the lobby late at night or 
No one was trying to go out and drink. Like, it wasn't like, it's not like a college environment. It was really professional. And that experience was unmatched. I couldn't, I couldn't get a better experience. I feel like I've had the best experience being among other um, collegiate athletes who were there as well. Like, I feel like that team was the most special in history. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I don't, I really don't think that can be topped just because like the presence there was just immaculate. Got you. So, so with that, I say, um, what is your it factor then? Why do you do what you do? I do what I do because since I was younger, um, my mom always told me that her kids will be great. And um, she worked so hard for us. We we grew up in, I was born and raised in California until I was 15. But living in California, it was a pretty tough life because my mom was a single mother. And she raised me and my sister by herself. And my sister, we're six years apart. She's six years older than me. But she raised us by herself and she struggled a lot. She um, she would sometimes go without eating because, so we could eat. And she just always, she always provided for us. And that's something that has always just stuck with me. And it, it kind of, it kind of like grabs at my heart a lot. And that's kind of what makes me put my heart into what I do. Because when she was tired, she kept going for her kids. When she didn't have more energy or she didn't want to go to work, she had to go for her kids. So I feel like as her child that she developed and she sacrificed so much for, I have to go for my mom. And that's just how it is. And so, and a few years back, my grandfather also passed away. So that that kind of like, I feel like him passing away, um, it elevated me to the point where I wanted to do it for my grandfather because he was this star athlete um, in high school too. And he always like wanted to see me run and be great. He was always like, I'm gonna bring you to the, I'm gonna go to the Olympics when you go this and the third. And he never got a chance to see it. So I have to do it now. Like I was going to do it before, but like now that my grandfather's watching over me and he's here and I have all my angels and my, my mom supporting me, I just know I have to do it. So I go hard because of my family, because I seen how much she struggled. I seen the nights when she wasn't eating nothing and she would eat our scraps after we were done eating just, and that would be her dinner meal, our scraps. So like, I just see how hard she works for me and my sister. And there's there's no better way I can repay her by being successful. Gotcha. Gotcha, I respect that. I mean, I do the same. I grew up in a single parent home. And uh, to lose my mom last year, man, definitely I still got that in me, like to go even harder at everything that I try to do and, and do, you know. So with that, definitely um, I'm thankful to have you on my show, but just knowing that you're going to do great things beyond just track that's fitted there, you know, so definitely. So with that, I say, though, how do you embrace camaraderie? So you spoke about uh, being with Team USA and also being at LSU, you you be with different uh, race people I know that run track and do different things like that. How do you like embrace that and how is that for you with it being such a, you know, all around the world sport? Um, I would say growing up, so I, I, like I said, I was born and raised in California, but I was like from the suburban area. Like I was born in LA, um, in South Central, which the, oh, very ghetto. Like that's the ghetto. That's the hood of the hood. But I was raised in a suburban area in California by the name of Corona. And that's where I went to high school and stuff. So I was around like a lot of, um, a lot of different cultures and races. So I was kind of used to just like having a mixture of people like my friends in California were like, I had Asian friends. I had black friends. I had the Indian friends. Like I was never that person to be like, Oh my God, she's white. I don't want to be her friend. Like never that. Like I'm always, I'm so open-minded and so bubbly to everybody who comes in my life till 
I'm just, I'm able to just be myself around anybody. So I feel like that kind of groomed me. And then moving to New Orleans, it was a big culture shock. So it was just like, okay, I'm going to the, I'm going from this suburban, like, you know, all these white people diversity to an all girls school that has nobody but black women in it. Right. So it was kind of like, I had a mixture of both worlds and I know like my personality has grown so much from moving, just from moving from California. And so I feel like that kind of also prepared me for worlds because like my personality is just so big. I can literally talk to, I can talk to the janitor that works at LSU, but I can also talk to the CEO and the president and they'll get the same Aaliyah. So it's kind of, it's kind of easy to just be myself around anybody because I was raised that way. Mm-hmm. That's dope too. Also with me reaching out to you because you hit me back like that. And I was like, wow, wait a minute. You know, that always don't happen like that. So that let me know right there. Mm-hmm great at communicating you you believe in the people and that's going to take you a long way as well because i feel like us as young people we have to do that i feel like a lot of times we try to shun like hey i'm not gonna talk to janice what they gonna do for me but we all people you know yeah exactly and you're doing something for me you're keeping the school clean you're Mm -hmm. keeping my environment clean so i can walk around a beautiful campus like i look at everyone that everyone holds value in this world it's not there's no limits no status i love everybody that's dope that's dope so with that i say um what some advice would you give um future and also current athletes that want to be in your shoes um i kind of have two pieces of advice but i would say one is to like really really i know this is so cliche but just stay focused like you can you determine your future and if you go off that path that god has for you you're gonna find yourself going all the way around the world just to get back to the destination where you could have just walked head on into. So I feel like staying focused would have like really sped up this successful process. Like I would have been successful on track if I just stayed focused and wasn't boy crazy, wasn't like getting involved, like too involved in the college life. And it happens to the best of us. Mm-hmm. And um, everything, God does everything for a reason, but I do feel like just staying focused is what's going to get you to the next level and staying disciplined. And also, too, I would say keep your circle small. Mm -hmm. If your circle is small and you have people in your circle that add value to your life, then you're going to go a long way along with those people. But you got to be with people who I don't I don't really like to use this term, but you got to be with people who are above you, because if you're with if you surround yourself with people who are above you, you tend to rise to the occasion. But if you're with people who are, quote unquote, less than you then you you tend to stoop down some and you kind of hang with that crowd and you are who you hang around. So I would say just just stay focused and keep your circle small. But that small circle can't be just anybody. It has to be people who add value to your life and want to contribute to your success and not just destroy it. Definitely, definitely. And I also would say, um, so who is Aaliyah Armstrong outside of the media, outside of track, um, outside of all the things that we know you for? Um, who are you? Oh, let's see. I am a big baby. Like, I am just such a softy. Um, I'm a very, very loving woman. I care about anyone who cares about me. Sometimes even people who don't care about me. And that's that's a bad thing sometimes. But I just care about everyone and I care about the world. And I just feel like my main thing in life, my main goal in life, I feel that God placed me here for is to use my platform to let everybody know that you have a purpose on this earth. Like any and everybody, I don't care if you have the worst self-esteem ever, if you have the lowest confidence ever, I just want to use my platform to tell people that your purpose matters because 
there was a point where I was in their shoes and I, I didn't really know my purpose. I didn't really, I hadn't really discovered it yet. And until like, you know, we're growing up, my mom always told me like, you know, you're going to be something in life, this, that, and the third. She kind of coached it in my brain. So I feel like I can use my platform to do the same things that my mom taught me growing up because not everyone has a support system. So I feel like if I have a big platform, I can be that support system that people can relate to and people can, people can come to if they need advice or whatever. And so that's kind of just something that I always wanted to do. But outside of track, like I love singing. I love dancing. Um, dancing is my thing. Like if I don't do anything, I'm going to go to a party and just dance. Like, and I'm not saying like I'm this party animal, but I just love dancing. I don't know why, but it just like, I feel like it's, it's like poetry in motion. Like I'm expressing how I feel in the moment. And that's the best way to express your happiness is just by dancing, in my opinion, or singing. So that's just me outside the track for the most part. I just really be chilling. I be in my room watching. I told you I was a big baby. I be watching My Little Pony. I be watching SpongeBob. I love watching Animal Planet. Yes. Yeah. So I love Marshawn Lynch. I'm working to try to get him on the show, right? And uh, my saw Rob was like, hey, you know, bro, you need, uh, he need to do a voiceover for Animal Planet. And I was like, if Marshawn Lynch, because when I seen Snoop Dogg do it, I was just like, wow. So yeah, definitely, I need to see that. Oh, Snoop Dogg did one? Yeah, I got to find it for you. I'm, I'll send it to you. I got to find okay. it. He done a couple of them. I don't know if you like sharks or not, but he, I just seen one of the night with sharks. And like, me and my <laughs> wife, like, Snoop Dogg do everything. I was like, yes. He, he does. does. He's very versatile. <laughs> so yeah, that's what's up, though. And SpongeBob, I say a reference by every week by SpongeBob. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so before we do close, I only got a few more questions. Um, I would also like to say to you, what would it mean to you to hold up that goal and win win in the Olympics in 2024 or whenever, man? Because you're young, so you, you got time. You mm -hmm. got um that would mean that I did everything that my grandfather ever asked me to do. He he just wanted me to achieve my goals, whether it was to be the best dancer in the world, the best singer in the world, the best painter in the world. He just wanted me to achieve my goals. And he knew my goal was to always be in the Olympics and win a gold medal. And so doing that would just mean that I did everything that he asked me to do. And I can, I can finally say that I would be able to um, accept his passing a little more if I were to do that. That would be something that would just like, that would be ultimate happiness. That would mean the world to me. Like, there's not really much I can, there's not really a big way I can explain it, but that would just be ultimate happiness. I really, by then I'd really achieved all my goals. Like if I, if I do that and I die the next day, God forbid, uh -huh. I'm content with life. I did everything I was supposed to do. With you on that. I get where you're coming from. Definitely. Yeah. Trust me, I get where you're coming from. So with that, I say, um, what's the legacy you want to leave on this world? The legacy that I would like to leave on this world is, um, let's see, that's a really good question. No one's ever asked me that. <sighs> Straight from the it factor. We got to do it that way. We got to, got to get it. Got to get you. I like it though. Um, the legacy that I would like to leave is that nothing is impossible. Mm -hmm. I would say, no, like, that's another cliche thing, but I really, I'm really big on just like minor things or like vague things. Nothing is impossible, whether you're a carpenter or a construction worker or whatever you do in life, a chef, whatever you put your mind to, you can literally do it because that's what I believe. 
And I feel like if I believe it, others can too. And so that's, that's just a really big thing. It's just like faith is, faith is the biggest thing you can have in this world. If you ain't got faith, then you're just going to be going through life struggling and questioning why is God doing this? And why am I not this? And why am I not that? But like literally you walk, you walk by faith, not by sight. And so I just think faith is a big thing to me. So I would just say like, nothing is impossible. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I like that. I like that. You, you inspired me today. Like for real. <laughs> you, you, I'm thankful I had you on the show. I'm thankful I was able to find out who you are. I look forward to working with you because uh, not only just because you're an athlete, but just the fact that who Aaliyah is, you know, I'm glad I got to see that today. And definitely, man, it, that have made my day. Definitely. Yay. Oh, that's good. It was so, it was lovely talking to you. Your questions are amazing. Cause I usually be like thinking real hard, like, Oh, what do I say next? But like, this was real, just chill. Thank you. And uh, I got just two more on uh, my, my biggest yeah. thing to say, what are some challenges you had as a student athlete and a, and a, I mean, student and then an athlete? What is, cause a lot of people don't ask that. And I want to know, you know, how okay. is it? Um, I would say the student part, like the college girl, Aaliyah, a, a big struggle that I had was just being distracted um, with the relationship. Um, I was in a relationship and it was a good relationship, but I think I just kind of was so like, it was my first ever relationship. So I was kind of just like, it's all about him. It's all about him. And I, I, I lost myself in that and I forgot about me. And so I was, um, I had like some mess ups in school. Like I would miss tutoring sometimes. I I failed like a few exams. I failed some classes. And so that kind of was like a setback for me um, mentally. And one year I had like a really, really down year before I had my big year. And so that that year was because I was I just was really distracted and consumed. And I shouldn't have been that consumed in somebody else. But um, it happens that way. You know, I'm a woman and mistakes happen. So it's no, it's not really like, it doesn't affect me, but it's just like, huh, like I wonder what happened if that didn't happen. But yeah, and then the athlete part, I feel like the struggles that I've had athletically was just not understanding why I wasn't performing. And I kind of like pointed the finger at everyone but myself. And I think as athlete, what athletes tend to do is they kind of like dodge accountability. And it's just like, okay, well, why is this program not working for me? Or why is why is this coach oh sorry or like why is this coach um why is this coach giving me this workout it doesn't it seems questionable this that, and the third and they're not like okay what am i doing like what it, what's what am i doing wrong am i am i going out too much am i partying too much am i eating the right foods am i resting at night and i kind of had that wake up call um the year that i went to olympic trials and um that year, I had the whole summer off because I didn't make the team, but I made the final. And so that year I was able to come back and I was able to have a full summer of rest. And I was just reflecting and I did my partying. I did all of that. Mm -hmm. But when I got back to um, September, it was grind season. And I told myself that I would never let myself fall like that ever again. And after that, I literally had a good fall training, full, full fall training with no injuries, starting January and ended in Eugene at Worlds. Yes, indeed. And that's going to keep happening. It's going to keep getting better, you know, because you, you're figuring it out. You know, that's all life. Mm -hmm. 
that's all a part of life. You know, you got a great faith base. You believe in God, but also you believe in yourself. You believe in Aaliyah. You know, as long as I take care of myself, I'm going to be straight. You know, and I yeah. think a lot of us have to realize that it takes time. Yeah. Definitely exactly. proud of you to figure that out. So my last question is, uh, would you happen to have any questions for me? Huh. Let's see. Okay. I do, actually. Um. You can it can be from any point of your life, or it could be current, or maybe just like a few months ago, whatever. But what is something that you struggle with the most? Because I would like to I would like to hear this just to give you advice. What is something it could be mentally, emotionally, physically that you struggle with the most? I don't mean to get so personal, but like you can you can tell me whatever you need, and I would like to tell you something too. Got you. Um, the biggest thing I probably struggle with is from time to time i used to and i'm getting better at it but we always say we getting better at it uh i beat myself up for not making certain things like i mean dang i got this episode i did this or it's always like i did something i gotta do something better like oh i gotta do this and it's kind of like i'm trying to catch up on it now i pray about it and it's like how do i come back from that and like congratulate myself for what i already have done so that's something i do struggle with and i also say that like just like you said with your with your grandfather, I'd definitely be like, dang with my mom, I'd be like, Man, I wish that I did this or it's like and it's very small, it's not nothing like physically I wish I'd done, but I wish I just had one more conversation type thing. And I definitely that's something I'll say I do have. Definitely. Okay, yeah. Well, I would say that um since we can kind of relate, I know it's not the same as your mom, because it's my grandfather, but um I would say when I first lost my grandfather, it was real, real hard because I just I just found myself like you kind of like trying to overdo things like, wait, OK, I didn't do this good at this track meet or I didn't do this good this episode. And I don't know what's going on. And you're just like there's so much going on in your head. But I felt like I got to a certain point where I was realizing that he wouldn't want me going this crazy when he knows that, like, OK, you're doing what you can and what God is calling you to do for that moment. And whenever like you're working hard, faith without works is dead. So you're doing the work and you have the faith, then just walk in your just walk in your divine order because he's not gonna give you something that you can't handle. And if you feel like you can't handle something, then that's not something that's for you. And so if you can't, if if you feel like, oh, I, I had I didn't accomplish this yet and this, that, and the third, he ain't want you to accomplish it yet. And so you're just know that she is proud of you and she's smiling down on you and she's proud of her son and you're doing everything you can and you should always keep a smile on your face and know that you're doing everything that she wants you to do. You see, we see, look, we family now. You didn't get advice out here. We lit. Uh, Yes. I'm going to post a snippet tonight of this and it won't come out until my season five, probably in the fall while you are there busy training and stuff. But I definitely stay and communicate with you and uh, let me know if you need anything, anything comes up. But I think I'll follow you on your pages and then we'll we'll go from there. But I'm going to tag you tonight. Okay. Yeah, tag me so I can uh, follow you back and repost everything. Yeah, I might I might just go and collaborate with you with this one. And then from there, we can go and go. So definitely. Okay, that's perfect. All right, but thank you, man. Thank you for that. I have not got that personal with someone virtually, but in person we have. But definitely, man, this has been good. You done made my day today. Definitely. Thank you. I'm glad I could. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Bye.